This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. When is the time to refinance a mortgage? What questions should you ask or signs you should look for? Our guest today, Adam Black from Renaissance Bank, is a mortgage banker, and he'll help us understand the factors that go into deciding whether or not to refinance your home loan. And our chartered financial analysts are on hand, ready to take your personal finance questions. So give us a call to join the conversation. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can email the show, Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope everyone's doing well this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how about uh, financial news in the news? Well, how about that temperature out there? They're very nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That helps everybody's feelings. Um, well, we got jobs numbers, and uh, we always get them the first Friday of every new month. Um, they were not great. And so, again, we're watching for possible slowdowns, which then leads us into our conversation today because um, the market seems to be pricing in about three additional interest rate cuts over the next 12 months. Which is a pretty big shift from a w- what we were shift. talking about, yeah. uh, you know, you know, a yeah. quarter ago or so. And they're already very low, um, but uh, the idea that they might go lower is, is interesting. And of course, that would happen if the Federal Reserve sees a slowdown that they're trying to um, stimulate the economy again. Um, so with the agreement that uh, Mexico and the United States reached, if I'm correct, that tariffs have been uh, postponed or they're, they're not being implemented at this point, but they're, I believe the president is still using that uh, as a bit of a threat. And investors don't like that. They don't like uncertainty. Um, investors don't like tariffs. And we've talked about that before. They are taxes. And uh, so we're hoping those will just um, fade away. As I mentioned at the top of the show, our guest today throughout the hour will be Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. Uh, he was a guest with us uh, last year, right, right around the same time. Uh, but Adam, if you would remind us of your banking career. Yeah, so uh, I've been in the banking industry for uh, 15 years as a mortgage originator. I have made some different stops along the way, but I've been with Renaissance, who purchased my previous bank for uh, about four or five years now. All right. Uh, and so what about mortgage rates now compared to maybe last year and then, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago? Well, interesting. It's a, it's a roller coaster right now. We were just talking about that. Uh, just in the past three or four months, they've dropped off sharply. Uh, I compared to last year at this point, and we're almost a full point lower than we were 12 months ago. Wow. So what is the current 30-year average right now? The, the average is around 3.75, 3.875. I looked this morning. For a 30-year mm-hmm. and for a 15-year. 15-year. So that's interesting. Used to we see we would see almost a full point gap between a 30 and a 15. That has shrank the past 18 to 24 months. We're probably, I didn't look this morning, but probably in that three and a half range. That's really amazing. Yep. So, uh, so would the mortgage rate be the same whether someone is, is taking out a first mortgage on their home versus refinancing? 
Uh, no, not in all cases. Uh, mortgage rates are always dictated by a number of factors: uh, credit score, uh, loan to value, meaning the, the the value of the home compared to the amount of the loan you're taking out on it. There's several different factors there that are going to that are going to impact uh, the pricing of an interest rate. And sometimes we talk to people about something called cash out refinancing, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's at a higher interest rate. You want to tell our yeah. uh, listeners what that is? Yeah. So a cash out, um, anytime you take more than two percent of the loan amount out as cash after the refinance, that's considered a cash out refinance with conventional. So guidelines. you want to put some money in your pocket you want after to put some, you've yeah. done all Maybe of do this some repairs, pay off some student loan debt, um, pay off some revolving debt, and you just need some cash out of your home. That's what we consider a cash out refinance. Rates are always going to be higher with those. Typically, how much higher? Eh, an eighth of a point, twelve. Uh, you know, an eighth of a point to a quarter of a point, depending that's not on bad. depending on the scenario. No, it's not, and, and it's uh, it's important to weigh that is to see you know. What debt are you paying off? You know, in other words, the the interest rates of the debts you're paying off, or or the uh, potential for value increase in your home if you do the repairs. It's, it's it's important to sit down with somebody that can weigh those options and show you what that actual cost is over time. So we've had a change in the tax law, and the biggest change was the increase in the standard deduction, which means that um, that tax deduction we get for interest on mortgages is not really even valuable to a lot of people anymore if they don't go over that standard deduction, right? That's correct. Um, and I try not to get into the accounting part of it just because of <laughs> the complexities of it all. But, um, but you know, it is still there, and a lot of times it is still very valuable. for. We see it being valuable to first-time home buyers where they're not putting a lot of money into the home, and the uh, the interest is going to be pretty high for that first five to six years. You know? But if you've got a couple, it, you need to have over $24,000 yep. yep. for it to really— You just have to buy a real big house. Buy a big oh, house. That's right. your tongue. <laughs> This is not this is not financial advice. <laughs> This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with a banker Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. We'll be talking about refinancing your house today, but also we always look for your personal finance questions. We've got some open phone lines, so if you have a question, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So, Adam, are there some costs to refinance a mortgage that would not be there again, when applying for an original mortgage? No, you're always going to have uh, basically the same closing costs, whether it's a purchase or a refinance. Uh, you know, you're going to have the lender's fees. You're going to have your third-party fees, meaning your, your closing attorney, your appraiser, any inspections, things like that. So those costs are, are usually pretty comparable. You're not going to see a difference. Uh, so when a refinance, the process, it sounds like what you're saying is it's pretty much similar to getting your, that first mortgage. It is. And, and in most cases, a refinance is a little bit easier just because, um, you know, there are certain, um, for example, with, with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the conventional lenders, um, sometimes they won't require an appraisal. You know, we, ran, we run it through an automated underwriting system, and it, it gives us back what we need. And a lot of times we won't need an appraisal. Um, there's a new uh, program called Day One Certainty where um, we're becoming so automated that most of these companies report their employment online on certain reporting sites. If we can pull that, we won't need W-2s. We won't need pay stubs, things like that. So it's, a lot of times it's even easier to do a refinance. And if 
if someone is considering refinancing, uh, is there a way that they can calculate the cost and then maybe budget that so that they would have the money uh, when they're ready to do the refinancing? Well, in, in most cases, people just wrap those costs into the loan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're just, uh, you know, we're going to, if, if there's enough available value in the home, we're just going to wrap those in. And, you know, I always want people to not finance any more than they have to. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll time the closing so that um, that next payment is, is is due at the same time as the closing. We'll bring that payment to the closing to offset some of those costs. You know, it, even if it's twelve or $1,500 that they're not financing, 15, 20 years down the road, that's that's a lot that they're paying interest on. And those costs that are usually built in mean that um, everyone who is borrowing needs to get the interest rate on what it is after you include those costs. That's exactly right. Yeah, you need to look at the total cost of the loan, and that that's what a lot of people overlook. Uh, professionals on my side tend to not uh, educate people on it, and, and, and consumers don't think about it. It is cost. I mean, you know, I had a gentleman the other day that was building a home, and it was going to take him about 12 months, and we looked at the interest. It was about $6,000 in interest he was going to pay over the life of just the construction loan. He said, well, that's the cost of the home. I said, yeah, it is. And most people don't think of it like that. Uh, Let's take our first break. We are visiting today with Adam Black from Renaissance Bank uh, and talking about refinancing your home, also looking for your general finance questions. Give us a call if you have one. It's 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. How are Americans doing in paying off their mortgages? We'll hear that statistic when we come back from the break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. This is MPB Think Radio. And if you ever miss part of the show, you can go to mpbonline.org slash money talks to listen again. You can also download the MPB public media app. When you put that on your smartphone, you can listen to all the shows on MPB Think Radio on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. 
Before the break, we asked about the, the success rate of uh, paying mortgages, and it says in quarter three of 2018, mortgage delinquency rates were 3%. This low delinquency rate is well below the 2010 high of 11.5% delinquency, and that's according to the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. Our guest today is mortgage banker Adam Black, and we're talking about refinancing uh, home mortgage, also looking for your personal finance questions, so you can give us a call if you have one at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Before we jump back into the discussion, let's get a phone call in, and we talk to Veronica, who's called in from Memphis. Good morning, Veronica. Go ahead, please. Oh, good morning. Um, I don't know if this applies, but what if you have your home paid off and you have an open home equity line of credit, but you're not using it, but you have credit card debt that's running several hundred dollars a month? What would be the smartest thing to do in that situation? Well, first you need to find out um, the interest rate on that line of credit. And uh, understand that many home equity lines of credit are not fixed. That means the interest rate will change uh, with the market rate changes. And, of course, right right now, with market rates going down, that could be a positive for you. So you certainly need to look at what you're paying on your credit card debt. Average uh, interest rates on credit cards now are about 15%, but I see them at 22 and up to 30%. And so it does make sense to use that home equity line of credit, but if you do that, you need to watch as that rate changes and fluctuates and um, set yourself up on a disciplined way of paying it off because most home equity lines of credit will just require um, interest plus some small percentage of the principal. Well, would it make more sense to treat that as the credit card uh, debt, like to switch it to that? Well, it, because the interest would be lower. You could you could certainly um, take money from your line of credit and pay off the credit cards, but ultimately your goal is to get rid of all that debt. Oh right, of course. Um, is there any other way to get money out of the home, like? If it's already paid and there is no mortgage, you can't like refinance something that's all already paid off. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. You can do definitely do. Like we talked about in the first segment, a cash out refinance, and that would give you a fixed rate term. But oh. I, I really, really, really want to stress to you that this is a situation where discipline equals freedom. Uh, you've got to be disciplined and, and not turn around and use those credit cards again. <laughs> and Adam, um, don't you, if you're going to do uh, this refinance as she's talking about, isn't there a minimum amount that they want to do on a primary mortgage? Yeah, there is. There is going to be that. Um, you know, a HELOC, if you've already got one set up, that is more than likely going to be your best because you're not going to have to pay any additional closing costs. Um, mm-hmm. But it, two things to watch for is, like she mentioned, the interest rate is probably going to float, meaning it's going to change with the market. Uh, you know, like right now, we're about a point uh, prime plus a point on most of our HELOCs, and that changes. So if, if the Fed's, you know, raise the rates, it's going to go up. If they lower them, it's going to go down. But it's probably still going to be lower than the, your credit card interest rates. However, you know, it's very important also that you look and make sure you don't have a balloon on that HELOC. A lot of HELOCs are set up on either a five- or a seven-year balloon, meaning that at the end of that five or seven years, it's due. So whatever you have financed that time, you've got... Now, most banks, let me preface this, most banks will work with you and set up another one as long as you've been paying it on time and such yeah. like that, but they do have that option to exercise a, a due clause in there, so just watch for that. Also, understand uh, that you're converting 
unsecured debt, that's your credit card debt, which means it's not it's not loaned against something that they're going to come and take to a secured debt. So if you don't make payments on a HELOC or if you do it through a primary mortgage, then your home is at risk. That's exactly right. My, my suggestion on something like that, if you do it, one, sit down with a financial planner, get let them walk you through it and make sure it doesn't make sense. If it does make sense, figure out how much time is left on that HELOC as a balloon. Say it's 48 months. Divide whatever you're financing by 48 months and get it paid off. Do a draft or you know an auto draft or something. But do not go back out and create new debt with that new balance you have on the credit card, that new available. Okay. Yeah. So it, it kind of necessitates your own personal expectation of what your debt might be. Because I'm thinking mm-hmm. my debt that ran up these credit cards is, is kind of settled. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, and if you've got to pay for a house, you're obviously fairly disciplined. So that that's that speaks a lot for you immediately. So, yeah, if that's a good point. If, if that debt is settled, as you said, and, and you're not going to accrue anymore, then it, it might make sense. But sit down with a financial planner, planner uh, loop them in with your banker, you know, form a team around you that's going to help you walk through it. Great answer. Thank you all so much. All right, uh, Veronica, thanks for the call. And so HELOC is that home equity line of credit? That's correct, home equity line of credit. Yeah, and just one thing I would add to that when it started talk, when we started talking about you know doing cash out refinance to pay down some credit card debt. I don't know the amount of credit card debt, but like you said earlier, there's going to be closing costs with that, with that mortgage. And so that acts, that's just another cost. That's just another thing that's going to sit there and accrue interest. And so that's an important cost to consider. Um, as well when you're doing that. So stick with it. You know, try try the things you have in front of you first with yes. your credit card debt. You know, if you have a credit card, you know, negotiate a lower rate. If that doesn't work, then look at the HELOC you already have out. Maybe its fees are lower than the, the credit card. Maybe the interest rate is lower. Look at those. Before, exhaust your other possibilities first. And one other time when that sort of discipline is required is a lot of these credit cards have these no interest uh, period of time. And so mm-hmm. if you're doing a balance transfer to take advantage of the no interest uh, rate, you better not be building that credit card back up with new debt. You really do need to be disciplined so that you don't kind of really right. double your, your trouble there by getting yourself deeper into debt. And and Adam's point about looking at, you know, what is the term on your HELOC? You know, is it 48 months? All that is very important, especially important if you do balance transfer cards like we were talking about sometimes maybe. It's a year or 16 months of no interest. Well, you need to have a plan to have that whole thing knocked out within that 16 months. And that needs to be a plan that you can, you know you can hit uh, just because the fees and the interest that are going to hit you, the 16 months and one day later are going to be uh, pretty harsh. Yeah. Right. I, I did one, and I I was disciplined enough to pay mine off, but it, you're right. If, if you don't pay off the entire balance transfer in the period, then you accrue all the interest charges you would have had you not had the interest-free right. uh, offer. Our guest today, mortgage banker Adam Black. We're talking about refinancing your home. So, Adam, if you could maybe uh, talk to us about some things homeowners should kind of keep in mind. When is a good time to refinance an existing mortgage and what 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 are some things to to think about you know so for years everybody has had this wise, uh, this wise tale that it's a uh, you know one point lower you know that's not true it's absolutely not true there's so many factors how long have you been in the mortgage how much longer are you planning on being in that home uh, you know what term can you go to in other words what term are you on and what term can you afford to go to that fits in your budget there are a lot of different factors I have seen 
I've seen it not make sense for someone to drop an interest rate a whole point, and I've seen it make sense for someone to drop an interest rate a quarter of a point. It all depends on each individual situation. So that's why it's very important to get with a professional that's going to sit down, look at the total cost of the loan, like we talked about, closing costs and everything included, uh, the term, how much longer you plan to be on it. If you're only going to be in the house another two or three years, probably not going to make sense because you've got those closing costs. If you're going to be in it 10 years, you're not going to have to lower the interest rate as much for it to make sense. It all depends on all those different factors. Um, what is private mortgage insurance, and does that come into the whole idea of refinancing and when you should? Yeah, so on a conventional loan, anytime you don't have 20% equity in a home, okay, so let's go to with a purchase. If you're not putting down at least 20% down payment, you're going to have what's called private mortgage insurance or mortgage insurance. That is there just to be honest, just to protect the lender. If you default on the loan, they've got a policy sitting there that they can liquidate the home at, at usually a lower market price and recoup any of their costs. And they're making you keep that insurance policy on there. Now, the last few years, that, ha- that has went down a lot. The factor on MI has went down a lot. So if you've got credit scores of above 725, it's it's pretty cost effective. It really is, even with even with only a five percent down so payment. So, what what is the typical cost? And it's added on to your payment. Yeah. So it increases how much you're going to pay every month, which reduces the amount you can afford in a house. Exactly. But what's a typical cost on mortgage insurance? Um, it, just like with interest rates, it, it changes with everything. You know, credit score, debt to income, but. You know, on a two hundred thousand dollar home with good credit um, and five percent down, you're probably looking at fifty to sixty dollars a month. You it's know? not too bad. It's not bad at all. It, it, that's what I'm saying. These MI companies have really tried the last few years to be competitive with it and make it make sense um, because for years it was high. Right. Uh, you could expect a couple of hundred dollars a month. Yeah, you could. And I understand that if you stay in the home long enough and the value goes up mm-hmm. and you're making those payments at some point, then you. Now have twenty percent, and you can ask for that to be taken off. That's right. So, so at your closing, the attorney is going to give you an amortization schedule. That amortization schedule is going to show you when the MI is going to drop off based on you making every payment on time. That's at seventy eight percent. Seventy eight percent of the balance versus the limit. I mean, now, versus the value. Will it automatically drop off, or do you have to yes. request it? <laughs> no, no, the MI companies have to. Used to they didn't. That's that's a good point. Used to they didn't. It was up to the consumer to request. Now at seven. 78%, it automatically drops off. Now, in between that time, if you make extra payments in appreciation, right now in our area, we're appreciating about 4% a year. You can re- you can watch that number, and when you get to that 78%, you can request for the MI company to drop it off. In most cases, they're going to make you pay for an appraisal uh, just to make sure the value is there, but then they'll do it. I've even had situations lately where some right now with the hot market like it is, a lot of sellers are not taking contingencies. They're not allowing you time to sell your house. So buyers are having to tote two mortgages until they can sell theirs. I've had people put down 5% and then come back in 30 days after they've sold their house, make another principal reduction, and get rid of the MI immediately. So. Uh, if you have a personal finance question or a question about refinancing a uh, home mortgage, you can give us a call this morning and we'll see if we can't help you out. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Phone lines are open, so if you have a question, now would be a great time to call on and we'll see if we can't give you some assistance. Uh, so, Adam, if uh, the house is going to change hands within a family, maybe from parent to 
grown children or during divorce, uh, is, would that be a good time to think about refinancing? Well, I mean, you're going to have a change of ownership at that point. So you're going to have you're going to have a transaction at that point. Uh, now, something a lot of people don't know is if a parent is selling a home to a child, they can do what's called a gift of equity. Uh, the child would not have to have any down payment. The, the the parent is actually gifting the equity in the home to the child to avoid, for them to avoid to have to have any down payment. I do that a lot, actually. But you're right. So because there ch- there's a change in ownership, the refinancing it's, would not apply. In that's that right. It, it is a true transaction. Yeah. All right. So uh, maybe a question for the, the whole crew here this morning. Uh, if you save mon- money monthly on a mortgage payment, maybe by refinancing, what are some suggestions to do with the money that you are saving? Oh, all kinds of things. <laughs> the very first thing is look at your employer retirement plan. And uh, that extra money could be going towards your retirement savings. And that's a perfect way to do it. Or um, still saving, but um, putting it in an emergency cash fund so that you avoid that credit card um, problem that comes up. Yeah, and I think an emergency cash fund, if, if you don't already have kind of a target, you know, whatever your target emergency cash fund is built, then that's definitely a great priority. But also, since we're talking about saving money on your home, uh, your home can every now and then have very expensive projects um, and uh, <laughs> projects and air quotes and um, there's always a project at my house they're, they're yeah. not they're not always voluntary and and so having having some cash set aside for that because you know especially if you you just refinance and you know maybe you used up some of your cash to you know kind of help with the closing costs to bring that total payment down or whatever you did um, building that back up is very appropriate but of course putting money into your retirement plan saving some money on taxes or, or saving for longer term goals Adam any other suggestions no those are great um, that's one thing I always talk to people about is is increasing that retirement. I mean, so many people get down to the end and, and they just don't have it. So, um, Adam, I'm curious now, as a, a, we've been watching housing numbers that look like they have been slowing for quite some time, right now with the drop in interest rates, are you seeing um, what, what you're seeing on your end? Is it more refinancing or is it just new mortgages popping back up? No, we're, we're definitely in a purchase market. Interestingly enough, there's an article that's morning first article i read this morning when i got up was uh was it, are are the dip in interest rates producing a false housing market oh yeah, yeah. it was, mm. was kind of interesting yeah. it was a it was a spin you know but um you know i look at everything local because um just because we don't follow the national trends uh you know i got the new reports yesterday and i'm gonna put them out on social media um probably tomorrow um like rankin county they've got like 2.2 months of inventory on the market oh that's really not much no it's not much i mean anything under seven is considered a seller's market and i mean Mm -hmm. that's 2.2 months of inventory on the market to a layman doesn't mean much, but to us, that means there are just not any houses out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you're hearing more and more stories of multiple offer situations and uh, people paying over market value, and it's really, really a seller's market in, in our tri-county area right now. So, um, yeah, we came into the year, nationally speaking, uh, looking at a, at a tepid market, really wondering what was going to change. They were calling it a transitional market, and everybody had their own term for it, but everybody was a little bit nervous about what it was going to be, and uh, 
you know, in the last week or so, those same people have been going, wow, we were wrong. What, what's happening so, here? Um, mm. Do you see uh, information or statistics for the entire state? Uh, do we have just pockets of this? What's so, happening? So our MLS, our multiple listing services, covers a, uh, I think it's a 10-county area, and that's what I pay the most attention to, with, with of course, Madison, Hines, and Rankin being the, the main focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but, but overall, in the state, you know, statewide, everything we're seeing is, is the same trend is it's it's a seller's market and, and the market's hot new construction is, is really booming right now and uh you know with rates being lower um underwriting guidelines i hate to say the word loosening up but but getting getting back to where we needed to be you know i, th- I think uh, it helps um like we talked about with mortgage insurance being lower factors and, and rates being lower factors all of it bodes well for the consumer mm-hmm. Uh, before our next break, I'm just a curious question here. Have you found that owners refinance to shorten the period of time of their loan with the same payment or keep the length of the mortgage but lower the payment? Always shorten the term. Okay. I mean, I, I literally almost will not even entertain same term with someone because you're, there's no need in going backwards. There's no need in, in adding back. I don't care if it's if, if we can go from a 30 to a 25 and they're already two and a half years into that. If we can cut two and a half years off of it, that helps. Yeah, yeah. but most people live month to month. That's how they think. Yeah. It's it's all about what is my monthly payment. And that's our challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It, I fight that every day. It, it's people are payment buyers, and it's so hard to make them understand long term. Yeah. Uh, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll continue visiting with our guest, Adam Black, from Renaissance Bank. We're talking about refinancing a house mortgage. Also looking, as we do each Tuesday, for your personal finance questions. The number to call, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring one 7464 is the phone number. Or you can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So where can you get a mortgage or refinance one? We'll have that information for you after the break. This is MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So uh, we talked about where you can get a mortgage. As recently as 2010, and this comes from uh, Mortgage Daily, a press release, but as recently as 2010, three banks, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, and Chase, originated 56% of all mortgages. By 2017, those three banks originated just 40% of all loans. Non-bank lending, both credit unions and non-depository lenders, have continued to cut into bank share of the mortgage market. In 2017, credit unions, 9% of mortgages – 
Additionally, 51% of all mortgages in 2017 came from non-depository lending institutions like Quicken Loans and PennyMac. So uh, things are changing. Uh, and today we're visiting with Adam Black, a banker from Renaissance Bank, about refinancing your home mortgage. And we have a caller on the line. So let's say good morning to Harry in Vandalia, Louisiana. Harry, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Uh, could you explain what a reverse mortgage is and when and if is it managed to use it? Um, I, uh, everyone is pointing at me. Well, I, I'm just going to say uh, um, it should be a last resort. I agree. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll save Ryder from this one, Harry. Um, you can do the being, technical aspects yeah, of it. Being a mortgage guy, um, you have to be careful with reverse mortgages. Uh, there's and this is my personal opinion, and my bank may get on to me when I get out of here, but it can be one of the most predatory lending tools out there. So it is so important that if you're having to consider it, and I emphasize having, that you sit down with a financial planner and you understand every every part of it because it can be bad. I'm not saying they all are. I know someone that specialized in reverse mortgages until she retired. I thought she was great at it. She was who I referred to people people to, and she probably talked more people out of them than she talked into them. And it's something you're going to do if you are a, you have to be of a certain age, a senior citizen. You do. Um, you have to have a certain amount of equity already in your home, mm-hmm. and you have to have a cash flow problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that that's what's going to push you towards that. I've actually had people call me who who did not have cash flow problems, who I had, had that plenty yes. of money mm-hmm. in the bank and said, oh, do I need to get a reverse mortgage just because they were watching it on television? No. That's right. Um, it is a loan. It is not free. It's going to be higher than just primary mortgage rates when all mm-hmm. is said and done. And so you need to be very careful. And again, last resort. All right, Harry, any, any follow-ups? No, that, was, that answer, that you appreciate it. All right. Good. Absolutely. Appreciate your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're looking for your personal finance questions and also uh, questions about refinancing a home mortgage. Our guest today, Adam Black from Renaissance Bank. Uh, if you'd like to call in with your question, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. So as we mentioned, uh, the... The um, it's changing. The landscape is changing. So, where are the different? What are the different options, Adam? That uh, home buyers or homeowners have when it comes to maybe refinancing uh, their mortgage. As far as with lenders, you mean? Well, you know, the, like you just talked about, the, the the national lenders have a huge presence at this point. Uh, online lending is 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 one of the biggest challenges that, that we as local bankers. Um, you know, face every day, and uh, and and not to take away from there are some great online lenders, some great national lenders out there, but you know it's always a but. It, make sure you're 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 looking at everything. You know, the one thing with big lenders is it takes a lot to keep them going. That's a big machine. It takes a lot of fuel. Those costs are going to get passed on to someone, and in the end, it's usually the consumer. So you need to watch closing costs, interest rates. In my experience, in most cases, uh, your local banks uh, are going to have better terms overall. And I always encourage people, go online to do a search. That's right. Uh, Bankrate.com is a mm-hmm. great place to That's go. That's the one 
Google suggest. and mm-hmm. search, and then you're going to have a list of lenders, and then you know probably find a local person you can talk to and walk you through the process. I agree, and we're in a small enough market um, that your 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 sphere of influence is always going to give you local people to use. You know, and yeah. and like I said, feel free to compare. You know, I, I'm I'm always up for my clients comparing our cost and our rates and things like that to national lenders. But in most cases, you're you're going to get a better deal locally, and, and you're not going to press one to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And in my experience, I've, I have um, I looked at online lenders once, and uh, I've only otherwise dealt with local banks for for getting a mortgage. And you know, everyone always points out, look, you know, at the end of the day, once once you get it all taken care of, your mortgage is going to be held by someone else, most likely, and you are just going to have you know an automatic payment or send in a check every month, and that's going to be your interaction. But it is a huge thing um, to to do, and it's and it's a process to go through. And so, one, dealing with folks online, it, it's way less personal um, a lot of times. And... Um and dealing with a larger a larger lender, like you said, they just have to they they're huge. They have to get a lot of they have to get numbers in. Um, that's going to be a lot less personal. Uh, someone is not looking at the details as much as somebody at a local bank where you know you can kind of hand it off. You know you know whole, the whole team there. When I got my last mortgage, I knew the whole team that I was working with, and they made the process super easy, fantastic. Um, you know anything that came up, they just email me or shoot me a text, and we'd be able to sort it out really quickly and it ended up being uh, just a, a painless process and it went really quickly. Uh, surprising on this list to me is that cell phone companies are now getting into banking the T-Mobile money. That's uh, Yeah, well, we, it's just an interesting thing how... They're trying um, to get you on a 30-year it, phone contract. In, in, in some countries, um, cell phones are acting as banks, mm-hmm. uh, as ways of transferring and storing money. So that's been an interesting um, development, but it's allowed some of our uh, countries that don't have a lot of banking to start to develop. Let's see if we can get a couple calls in before our next break. So we'll go back to the phone lines and start again. Uh, Andrea's called in today. Good morning, Andrea. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I just need to ask one question. If I, I want to do some remodeling in my house, I have the cash to pay for it, but should I pay for it or should I finance it? Well, will you use up all of your cash to do it? I would use up a big portion of it. And um, if you did that, would you still have enough to cover any kind of emergency, or would you be able to gradually replace that? I would have enough to cover a small emergency, not a huge emergency. But would you Mm. be able to build back up the savings? No, I find it hard to save money. Oh, no. Okay. Um, You know, my. You've done such a good job. You've saved up enough for a remodel. I know. And and my first inclination would be to use the cash, but I don't want to put you in a bind because once you use up your cash and it's put into a house, you're moving from something that's very liquid to something that's illiquid. You can't just, you know, take money out to pay out the groceries or the doctor bill. And that's my concern there. Um, Is it possible for maybe you to just kind of tone down your remodel plans? Well, I have enough money to make it every month to pay all my bills and mm-hmm. then still have money left over. Well, when, so, when, I mean, we're not in a bind when it comes to our financial, monthly finances. 
One thing to also consider, um, you know, how long have you been in the house and how many years are left on that mortgage? Zero. Oh, no. Oh. Well, then why don't oh. you use home equity, line. Oh, yeah, home yeah. equity line of credit and maybe use half of your cash yes. and yeah. the other half depend on a home equity line of credit. So you kind of, you know, so, have yeah. it both ways. Andrea, in a situation like that, what I would suggest would be set up a home equity line for whatever the repairs are. Let's just say it's $20,000 and then work out of your cash as much as you can, as much as you're comfortable to. And then if you need to dip into that home equity line, you can. Because, see, that home equity line is going to be open, meaning that if you've got a $20,000 limit, you've only drawn $5,000. You've got $15,000 sitting there that you can use when you need it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see you use interest-free cash you know, if you can, but then it, it is there for, for that emergency if you need to. Or if you just feel a little uncomfortable using your cash, use the HELOC, and the next month, if you feel good you know, paying it off, pay it off. Yeah, I'll You've got flexibility. You're in a great position. Okay, great. All right. Thank you. There we go. Thanks for your call, Andrea. Oh, we should have asked her what she's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in a kitchen remodel. Kitchen and baths. Kitchen and bath. That's the most important. Well, and then just, I mean, again, with the HELOC, could you give us an idea what kind of fee difference between setting up oh, a way HELOC less. and so, okay. Way less. I mean, we you know, we can set up a HELOC for probably half of the cost of a refinance. Yeah. So yeah. And that, that just think about that as part of that total cost. It is. And kind of, you know, think about it as part of the interest you're going to have to pay, the fees you're going to have to pay, and and if you can if you can cut them in half, if you can save yeah. several hundred dollars, especially on a paid for house, we may not need an appraisal. There, there's yeah, she's yeah. she's in a great position. All right, I need to take a final break, John from Benton. We'll get to your question and right after this break. So hold on if you could for just a few minutes. Uh, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We've been visiting today with our guest Adam Black from Renaissance Bank, and we've been talking about home mortgages. We're also looking for your personal financial questions as we do each Tuesday. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 877-672-7464. Back to wrap up the program after this. to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been visiting throughout this hour with our guest, Adam Black, mortgage banker with Renaissance Bank. Uh, we'll get to that, uh, to continue that discussion in just a minute. But first, we told John that we would get to his question after the break, so we do. John, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hey, thank you. Uh, I got a simple question. It's probably a hard answer. Uh, I, I went through divorce and this and that, and I'm, I'm retired, and uh, I got about these are rough numbers: fifteen thousand in credit card debt all over the map, and I've got an I an IRA of about twelve thousand, and I got a mutual fund of about twenty five hundred. And I'm wondering, should I dump out all of my savings and try to pay off the credit card debt, or what should I do? 
Um, I'm gonna just go with a go with a firm no on this one. Um, a couple of reasons. First, with your credit card, uh, the first step, like I mentioned earlier, is is look at what's available to you right now. Um, look at you know calling your credit card. Do you know what your interest rate is on that credit card? I've got about six of them, so I don't know. They're all probably bad. I'll try to find the worst one, I guess. <laughs> well, so like we mentioned earlier, you know, average might be about 15%, but I've seen them I've recently looked at someone at 25 to 30% interest rate. So it can be, it can be really, really high. Um, but you have a couple of options. Even if you have not great credit, if you've been paying on those, call the credit card companies and negotiate for a lower rate. Just ask them if you can have a lower rate. Um, ask them if they have some sort of plan. You can put, you know, you know, maybe you're doing going to do a set amount every month and you want a, uh, a better rate. Um, and possibly look at, you have six cards, you've got six opportunities to do that. You can also, you know, just tell them your situation. I mean, they, they can look at your credit report and they know that you have other lines out there, so it's not going to hurt you to tell them that, you know, hey, I have another card that, you know, maybe if you got me a lower rate, I could transfer that balance to you. Um, a credit card company would love to know that you're going to have more money you're paying interest on, and you can still lower that interest rate overall. And uh, so you are still overall paying less, but that credit card company is getting more money. I mean, it's it's kind of a win-win there. Um, withdrawing from your IRA is going to be a last resort. That's going to come out at your top tax rate. Um, if you're, you know, I don't have them off the top of my head, even though I look at a spreadsheet. It's 20% every time I take it out. So. Well, that's a, a pretty pretty typical withholding there when you take money out of an IRA is a standard 20%. So if you think of that, that that is the cost of that money. So, you know, maybe you have a credit card with 18%. That's cheaper than the 20% you're going to pay on the IRA. Um, and not only that, uh, is is it cheaper? You're also going to you know lose that future growth in the IRA. Um, so it, it's 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 a lot more expensive to take money out of an IRA than folks realize. Um, and as far as that little mutual fund you have, it's good to have assets outside of mutual fund. I, you know, and and of course whether you use that depends on what would be your capital gain or maybe you have a capital loss on that mm-hmm. if it's in a taxable account. So you just have to look at your statement to see what your situation is there. Yeah. And it's not enough to clear it all out. Out. Yeah. So you might want to just use it to gradually make some extra payments. Mm-hmm. Also look at the possibility of those um, 0% offers out there on balance transfers. Yeah. See if you would qualify and play the balance transfer game. Uh, again, you need to mark your calendar, never go over, yeah. make the payments that are required so you're not bumped into a lot of fees and interest. Yeah, what, what I will say... Can I, can I, can oh, go ahead. The mutual fund, is that any good? to me should I just well, we, we don't know what it uh, is we don't know anything about so it so what fund That's is it Pioneer Fund it's Pioneer Fund it's which like, Pioneer Fund heck if I know yeah see uh, all you've given yeah. me is the name of the company I don't know which fund it is I, I don't know that we're going to learn enough about you in the next few minutes on the radio to uh, make the, the the super specific thing but I, I will say your your first step is actually it's actually almost a good thing that you have six different cards that's six different places you can go and negotiate for a lower rate that's six different places you can ask about a, a balance transfer that's um, and, and what you can 
can use that mutual fund for is, you know, say you have a total and you, you're negotiating with one credit card company and say, look, okay, I'm going to transfer all this to you. I'm going to go ahead and do $1,000 now, and I'm going to do an extra $100 a month with this with this mutual fund I have on hand. Um, that being said, if that's your only kind of outside of IRA money, you do need to have, you know, if another emergency arises, uh, you, you do want to have something on hand, and that might be your only thing. All right, John, thanks for your call. Let's get one final call in. It's from Jack in Hancock County. Jack got about two minutes, so if you could be brief. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, I'm considering buying some uh, rental property. I have a home that's uh, paid for, and uh, I need to know what difference, if any, there would be in a mortgage for a home residence or a uh, uh, something that I'm buying as an investment. Hey, Jack. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a big difference. Um, you're going to be required to have more down payment in most cl- in most cases at a minimum of 15%. Uh, some companies companies are even going to require 25%. Interest rate is going to be higher. Uh, you're going to have to qualify for those homes with your existing income. In other words, you can't use a, a potential rental income to offset that the first year. You can afterwards. Uh, in other words, after you've had one tax year and, and, and uh, included those properties on your tax returns. But, yeah, there's going there's a lot of layers to buying uh, investment properties, and uh, we'll be glad to help you with that. And there, there's some great people down in your area, too, that can help you with that. But it is going to be different. Um, biggest thing I can tell you is, once again, um, bring a team around you, get a financial planner, um, look at the real numbers. Uh, I've seen a lot of people go into those things and go, well, we got a $600 payment and I'm making $800 a month on it. That's not a lot. You, you especially, that's, especially that's not at the, for the aggravation. That, that's exactly right. Exactly. And especially if the air conditioning goes out. That, that, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right, uh, Jack, thanks for your call. Uh, so, Adam, just got about uh, maybe 30 seconds left. And, again, we talked about uh, all the different choices that uh, people can have for mortgages and refinancing. If you would, state the case not just for Renaissance Bank but for your local banker. Uh, I mean, local's local. You know, support local. You're, you, these are the people that work with you day in and day out that you see at home and at church and, and in the grocery store, and, and they're always going to be uh, more well-versed uh, to the to the local market and to the mm. situation. All right. That's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks or find the podcast, just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill, and our call screener is Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Ryder Taft, and our guest, Adam Black, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms, and we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at Trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 